We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Head football coach of the University of Kansas Jayhawks, Coach Les And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right. What's good? Ain't No Seeds Podcast. We're back. Episode three. B-Turn, how you doing? I'm doing well, brother. Great weekend in the sports world. Certainly was. Pretty good. Good weekend. A uh, couple teams got some wins, didn't they? Yeah. Um, certain football team won, and then KU got two wins in three days. So, cool. Well, good. Glad to hear things went well. But uh, breaking news, A.B., Producer AB has a mic, folks. He's back. Yes, Sir. he does. We're back. You guys can hear my stupid voice for a little bit more now. But, yeah, we're back. We're ready to go and uh, should be more consistent now. Not even going to lie. AB, people love his voice. Incredible we got a lot voice. of feedback. Not uh, sure why, but we'll go with it. It's kind of sec- <laughs> It's kind of sexy, AB. I can't lie. Uh, so, yeah, we're back. Obviously, a big weekend. We're mainly going to talk KU hoops today. Obviously, we might... Uh, might come out with a Chiefs podcast later in the week. Spew some takes on that. What do you think, B Turn? I feel like everyone's looking for Chiefs content to listen to right now. Everyone's getting hyped for the game on Sunday night, so we might as well. Yeah, so we'll get there. But this pod's going to be KU. We're going to recap the two games. We're going to talk a little bit about Silvio. Um, we'll talk about Lala. Lala's electric as always. We'll <laughs> talk a little gambling. We'll talk KU offense coordinator. So we'll cover all that stuff, and then hopefully we'll have some Chief stuff out later in the week. Um, but let's get right into it. KU Baylor. Uh, we, I don't think you caught a ton of it. No. Um, I was at Arrowhead watching an important game, okay. so and they were going on at the same time. But I was checking the score, and people were texting me things. Yeah, so. you get a pass. I'll give you a pass. But obviously, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it. Me and you kind of went over the stats. We looked at everything. Um, I watched it all. It's pretty frustrating. Um, typical KU basketball game. We came out, we dominated from the start, yeah. eighteen to two, and uh, from there it wasn't great. Well, that's wrong. It was great for spurts. Yeah, it's just spurts, and I mean they just don't they don't put teams away. I mean when it's eighteen two to start the game, and then twenty two nineteen. Next thing you look, and yeah. Baylor goes on a seventeen four run, and it's a brand new ball game. Yeah, it's, it's like a- you can put them away, get up. I mean, get up by 20 and just dominate a team. It was. It was so frustrating because it did feel like, oh, this is Baylor. We're in Waco. The atmosphere was dead. There was honestly more KU fans there than Baylor sounded like. But getting up 18 like usually the case yeah, in Waco. I mean, we'll have that rare occasion. We had that top five matchup a few years ago where it was a pretty good atmosphere. Yeah. We still won because, you know, Scott Drew, best yeah. coach in the Big 12. But, He's definitely a better coach than Bill. <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it felt like that 18-2 start, we were going to roll. I felt great about it, and then that run happens, and it's just something we for sure have to work on. It's it's insanely frustrating. In yeah. that in that stretch, Baylor had a dude uh, shoots 28% from three on the season. He went three of four, so you hate to see that, but yeah. obviously you can't be too mad about it. Like Just checking the score, like seeing us up big, and then it's a close game, I feel even that's frustrating. Yeah. I can't imagine watching it. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess kind of the thing, we don't have to talk a ton about Baylor. I guess uh, things that stood out to me, Ochai was excellent again, played big minutes. Um, What are your thoughts on Ochai? I mean, we were talking earlier about how he just, he never really messes up. Like, I haven't even seen Bill get mad at him, and he doesn't do many things wrong. I know. It's crazy. You trust him. He's got the poise of a dude that's been playing for two, three, four years. That's the thing. And this is, what, this was game two for him? (laughs) Yeah. Game two, and he played twenty one minutes, and he only missed one shot. Was in double figures again, so he looks really comfortable for a freshman. I know, and he's he, he hit a he hit a couple big shot or not big shots, but he he's just confident. Like you said, he hit that three, uh, hit a three to put us up sixty four to forty one. The game looked like it was over. I was six twenty nine left, up yeah. twenty three. <laughs> I was fully engaged with the Chief game. I had two TVs set up, and then my my eyes went straight to the left TV. I thought we had it covered. Uh, I obviously had us on the under. I thought it was going to be a game in the 60s. All three of us on a gambling segment took under. Yeah, and you know when it's 64-41 to with six minutes left, you feel good about the under. Exactly. Because they're not going to be fouling late. You're not going to get that free throw loss where they foul ten times in the final minute. It looked great, and then things happened. Yeah, I mean, even with 4.20 left, it was 66.45. So for that two-minute stretch when we were up 23, I mean, it was a – Baylor scored four points. We scored two in two minutes, Yeah, which was a great pace for the under, and it looked amazing. And then the spread even got interesting. Yeah, things spiraled out of control. The fact that the minus four was a concern of mine was – Extremely disappointing. I mean, it just goes back. We start 19-2. to It ends up 22-19. We're at 64-41. And then we end at uh, 73-68. So, it's kind of been the story of this team. Is Cover, not, though. Yeah. We did get the cover. Good teams <laughs> win. Great teams cover. But <laughs> I'd prefer to cover a four-point spread by 20 like we should have and not five. But Yeah. It's just it's been the story all year. We get out to big leads and then we let them back in but I feel like when the games are close at the end we're pretty good down the stretch absolutely I mean in the the stat I wish I had it uh what is Bill Self in the final in games decided by like five or, or five points or less Jesse Newell tweeted it out it's something ridiculous since 2016 I think it's like 27 and three I'll have producer AB check on that yeah we gotta check that out and I mean, that just shows how good of a coach he is, like, making adjustments late. Like, I don't care who you play. If you're in close games and you're winning all those games, and I think that's just insane. That just shows why he's a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. He's awesome, and especially when you're, I mean, going up. We got it. It's 37-3 and three, um, since 2016 in Big 12 regular season conference games, decided by 10 or less. Bananas. So we win close games. We just do. And so people that want to bring up the referee thing, it's it's probably I'm going to go with more of execution late in games than it is officiating. But who knows? I mean. Yeah, we don't get calls at Allen. <laughs> Never. <laughs> we get a terrible whistle. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't got to we don't got to sit here and go off on Bill Self being incredible. Everyone knows he is. But yep. um, I guess not a ton. I mean, LeGerald, we talked yeah, a little bit about LeGerald. Happy birthday, got to 1,000 points, and he went, uh, knocks down six threes. Yeah. That's big time. See him back, get comfortable. Six for eight from three. I mean, that's incredible, obviously. And happy birthday to him, obviously. So, I mean, he's been great down the stretch for us all year. Yeah. Like I, we uh, say, we've said every show how many games would we have lost if LeGerald didn't come back this year. Exactly. And going into that game, we were concerned about um, the zone defense and not having shooters, and he had to step up in that game for us to put points on the board, and he did. So that was and the good. I mean, it's great seeing him score eighteen because everyone was talking about the funk he was going through yeah. lately, and it's just good to see him knocking down shots again the last two nights. Yeah, and uh, one thing about LeGerald is he uh, during that little sixty-four to forty-one ends up being seventy-three to sixty-eight. 
Uh, they full court pressed. LeGerald didn't do too hot, but no. we're going to forget that. Pull out the men in black eraser thing. Erase it from your memory. Doesn't <laughs> count. LeGerald was great. It was his birthday. Um, so big win. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's a road win. Road win in the Big 12. They were coming off a home win over Iowa State, who – I don't know. Is Iowa State good or do they stink? Who knows? I'm not sure. I mean, they lost to a team that can't even score, and <laughs> they blew a lead late at home. So, yeah. so Iowa State quickly plunged from team um, ready to take the the rain from Kansas to mm-hmm. two really bad losses. Well, yeah, I mean, two of the well, K State's not near the bottom, but we thought Baylor would be towards the bottom of the yeah. Big Twelve, and you lose that one after beating KU at home by a lot. Yeah. So. And uh, Iowa State's got a little tough road game coming up next Monday that uh, we'll talk a little bit about yep. later in the pod. Um, also, um, we can talk about Diedrich. He didn't get too many rebounds on Saturday. Back-to-back games, Diedrich hasn't got ten boards. No, um, he only had three, and he pl- it's not like he was in foul trouble Yeah, against Baylor. He played 31 minutes, and he still had 17 points. Normal night for him, 7 for 12 from the field. Just a great... Um, guy to go to late in games. I mean, yeah. he's a great touch around the rim, and yeah, you got to get like we say, you got to get him a touch every possession down the stretch. For I sure. think it drives me insane when he's not getting a touch. And I knew we'll talk a little more about Texas, but I knew he'd have kind of a tough matchup uh, against Texas. Jackson Hayes is a big dude, but the Baylor game, I don't know how you're getting three three rebounds. They they shot seventy five times. They shot the yeah. ball seventy five times. They were getting, and it's not like they were scoring. So there's yeah. plenty of opportunities to exactly. get boards. They were getting the offensive rebounds, and then they just miss again. So it's like frustrating, but it's hard to hate on the guy. He's probably getting tired. He's taking on a huge. I mean, we're relying on him to do a lot out there. There's yeah, not a ton especially of with Doke out. That's yeah. why you got to have someone step up as a rebounder, whether it's Mitch, Big Dave, or you know who that could be, which is a great segue to our next topic, <laughs> Silvio. Hashtag free Silvio. We've got some new developments, folks. Um, so it turns out Seth Davis, he comes out uh, two days ago on The Athletic, or maybe it was yesterday, he comes out and he breaks the news that KU is basically going to acknowledge that we there was a violation that took place. We're going to say that Silvio has been ineligible. And now we're just going to ask for him to be reinstated. And Seth Davis has got everyone going nuts because he says it could be by Saturday that Silvio's yeah, our playing. our next game he yeah. says he could play. So I will throw a fit if Seth Davis gets my hopes up like this and we don't hear a thing for three months. And he, he could be doing it just to mess with KU fans. Could be. I mean, we've <laughs> we've all been on him pretty hard. Yeah. He was the guy to predict the streak when Andy does that I mean, corny, corny Sharpie thing, which – should have ended when he blew it that one time, but whatever. We don't got to go into Seth Davis, right? <laughs> but uh, I guess what are your what are your thoughts on the Silvio situation? I mean, it's obviously huge to get him back right now because, like you said, there's so much responsibility on Dedrick right now, and it's tough to trust Mitch or Big Dave off the bench right now. Yeah. And so Silvio started getting it last year once he came off his suspension or whatever, and. Yeah. Finished the year strong. I mean, the Duke game, he was incredible, I thought, in that game. And we just need a guy that can rebound and give us minutes in the post because, say, Diedrich gets in foul trouble or maybe what if he gets suspended or hurt? <laughs> like, we have no one that will play uh, yeah, down I don't even. I don't even want to think about the situation of uh, Diedrich being hurt. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't think we make the Final Four last year if Silvio doesn't play. Um, I agree. So... <sighs> I had gotten to the point where I did not think we were getting him back. I'd given up. I had no... As most KU fans did. Yeah. And then Seth Davis from the clouds has my hopes sky high. Yeah. And it's going to be heartbreaking if we don't get him back. I will say it's a pretty unique situation. It's uh, it's not like the Billy thing. I think me, me and you talked before the pod. I think we... Uh, we I think, knew what was coming <laughs> with Billy. There's I think, just so many signs and... Yeah, he I think he was never going to play at KU. Yeah, I think KU kind of took a look at the whole Billy file, and they were like, "Yeah, we're good. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna let this guy go. We're not gonna research much." But they seem to have confidence that Silvio Silvio can get cleared. So yeah, and it's I mean it's crazy to me that like I said last pod that we, the reason we were ranked number one was probably our front court death depth, yeah. and now we're just praying that Silvio will come back and 
certainly life comes at you fast. Yeah. It's one of those moments. But I keep hoping Mitch or Dave or somebody like that will uh, will kind of step up. Dave is – Big Dave showed some signs. Um, yeah. He kind of – he threw one in last night <laughs> on that hook shot. <laughs> he's got a – throws a fastball out yeah. there. Um, he's just sped up, as you can see, with his hook shots. And yeah. he, he tries really hard, he though. Could, he could be like Silvio and start getting it that, towards the end, towards the Big 12 tournament. And that's exactly what I was thinking because, I mean, he's ahead of the curve from where Silvio was. I mean, Silvio was coming in last year traveling yeah. every time he tested the ball. I think we've talked about that. And it was just night and day, like we need Dave, overnight. Big Dave was, needs to be a monster on the boards for us when he comes in. Because I know. Unless some of the other guards can rebound. Because when Diedrich's out, it's tough. I feel like we struggle to rebound. It was. It was scary yesterday when Diedrich got in foul trouble. Luckily, luckily Hayes was in his own foul trouble. We didn't have to worry about stopping him. But, I mean, the Silvio thing, I'll say this. The thing that has me kind of hopeful is Josh Selby. We went through this. He sat nine games, paid a fine, a fine that was $5,757.58. KU then disputed that fine and said, no, actually it was 4607 So who knows? But either way, that's more than the $2,500 that's that question with uh, for a college student to take college classes. Yeah, with Silvio. So the problem with Silvio, there's a lot more smoke out there. There's that huge payment that was involved with Maryland. There's the rumors that he signed a deal overseas and then decided he didn't want to go. But yeah, so there's a lot of smoke there. But who knows? It would be absolutely insane if he plays on Saturday. I mean, our fans would go from he'll never play at KU again to literally playing this soon. It would be incredible. It is. Uh, it's pretty much KU basketball in a in a nutshell. We can get you, your emotions get so high, we melt down so fast. All oh, the streaks over, dokes out, season's over. We can't do anything. Silvio will come back, and now yeah. we'll be like, we ain't losing again. No. no, we're never losing another game again. So yeah, four games into conference play, and we're already not going to win the Big Twelve. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, we can melt down like nobody's business. Yeah. But I think uh, especially when you get someone suspended or ineligible every single year, and it's never like it's a small player. <laughs> it's always someone big time or. Someone we need, like with depth or something like this, when we need a big guy to rebound. Or It is interesting. I mean, when you look back at all the other ineligible guys, I think you look at – or ineligible or injuries, you look at Embiid I think was the most glaring. Without him, we knew we were toast. but In trouble. Yeah. I mean, we had Tarek Black that year, but – Embiid was just turning into one of the – I mean, Bill still says he was the best big in the country that year. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I mean he was the third pick in the draft, and yeah. it, he didn't play that much. And the second he stepped on an NBA floor, he was dominant. So, I guess what I'm kind of getting at is where do you think Silvio ranks on the list of guys we've most needed to get ruled ineligible or become healthy compared to Selby? Mac Lamore, Billy Preston, Cliff Alexander, all those dudes that we talked about in the last podcast. You think he's up there top? I think he's top two, three. I would, I would say top two or three just because the situation we're exactly. dealing with right now. Exactly. I mean, with Selby, he was a huge recruit. Everyone was ready, but that was a really good team that should have won it all. Exactly. We always um, somehow get to that VCU game, but we're not going <laughs> to bring it up. But, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Selby, when you look at it, from ranking perspective, he was a huge prospect out of yeah. high school, but that team was loaded with yeah. guards. You like you had Tyshawn, yeah. Tyshawn, Tyrell, Brady. Brady. Who um, else was on that team? Elijah was on the bench, couldn't even get minutes yeah. as a young guy. Uh, but those are a bunch of upperclassmen that are playing. and I mean, Relaford was there too. So yeah. um, that team had crazy depth, and it just uh, – Selby playing was obviously huge, but it also didn't – him not playing didn't take us out of having a shot at winning it all. I think maybe we might need Silvio to have a shot at winning it all. Yeah, I totally agree that um, we'd need Silvio to win a title just because you can't really trust Mitch or Big Dave right now, and we need depth. Like I said, if um, Diedrich happened to get in foul trouble in a game, like say he got in foul trouble in the tournament – you need a guy like Silvio that has a little bit of experience to come in and rebound and guard other big guys. Yeah. So, NCAA, if you're listening, do the right thing. Free Silvio. Hashtag free Silvio. And uh, don't ruin a kid's career because of what his guardian did 
two years ago. Yeah, and that's the thing with Silvio is he seems like such a good kid, and you can just tell he had no clue what was going on, and now he has to go through all this stuff, and it's kind of messing up his stock for the NBA. Like he could be overseas playing and getting ready. So. Exactly. So hopefully we get a we get a uh, decision this week, and we'll be set. Um, but let's get on. Let's get on to Texas. Uh, fun game. We were both in the building. Oh yeah. Uh, Pretty good atmosphere. The crowd was not a lot of students, obviously, so the crowd's always kind of down. But it definitely, I mean, it got going, and it's always a fun time when it's close like that. Hundred percent. I mean, it got going late because the game got close, and Allen Fieldhouse started playing the videos, so the student section started going crazy. We, uh, I don't think we got the hum, which I'm pretty mad about. Um, but you'll get it with our intro to the pod. So okay, true. Yeah, if you if you are missing the hum, just come play the intro. Which, by the way, intro number one is back. We uh, we had a little scare. We were afraid Ku was going to sue us for stealing their clips. But we've done some digging. We've done some talking. We've talked to yeah, some people, Gucci. and we think we're Gucci. So <laughs> bring it on, Ku. Just kidding. Please don't sue us. But. Uh, Talking Texas, I mean, the first thing we got to talk about is uh, Mark G. Mark G, as Lala calls him. Um, three for four from three, obviously. We never see that out of him. We were wondering um, what his career high was from three. He actually hit three last year against Texas Southern, which was kind of surprising. <laughs> it's just crazy to think that a freshman Marcus Garrett made three threes in a game. But shout out, man. And when he, had, he gets hot, he's hot. Yeah, it was unreal. I mean, driving to the lane, finishing the way he was – He's so good at like dribbling in traffic in the lane. And he, re- he really is, and he he had that spin move. I think it was maybe one of his final points in that thirteen point domination. But that spin, I mean, he's only Marcus Garrett is kind of exciting to think about. He, he dominates on the defensive fl- end of the dominates. floor. I just, some possessions I just watch him defend. Like you said, he's by far our best. I mean, our best guy getting to the basket. Yeah, just sometimes he won't finish. Yeah, I mean, he and he's going to get that. By the time he's a, he's a for sure a four-year guy, which is great. He he knows what Bill Self wants. Bill Self loves that guy. And uh, he's been great. He's getting, yeah. to the buck, getting to the bucket. He definitely did a lot in that game. So that no was doubt. definitely the most exciting part about that game for me. 100%. And any guard, if you, any guard going 8 for 11 from the floor is amazing. And you would think – Marcus Garrett, just because he doesn't usually shoot threes, would be all layups. But when you go three for four from three, that's going to be a plus to get you every night. Yeah. If he puts up, if he is in the twenties, you should win. Yeah, that was <laughs> my my concern after halftime was, uh, folks, Marcus Garrett just put up seventeen, four more than his career high of thirteen, and uh, we're only winning by or we're only we're down by two. That was scary. Um, obviously, they made nine threes in the first half, which is pretty rare. They came out ice cold. Certainly got hot late, but yeah. uh, well, I mean, leaving guys wide open that had just hit. What was the thirteen's name? How do you say his name? Febreze, Febreze. Something yeah, like that. he hit three threes in a row, I think, and then we left him wide open. It's so weird when you're in the building for that type of stuff because it's just like you don't hear the announcer talking about this dude. You don't get the whole background on who this freaking number thirteen guy is that's sharpshooting you to death from yeah. the field, like. It was brutal. I couldn't believe when we – and it felt like after Vic hit that three to put us up five, I started thinking, uh-oh, we're getting that minus seven. We're going to get a stop. They're going to foul. We're going to hit free throws. Yeah. We're going to cover. Freaking 13 drains another three, and all of a sudden we're in a fight for our lives. Yeah. I mean, I remember late in the game we were up – I think we were up three, and we got fouled or something, and – KU fans started leaving the game. I was like, you it do was, not want to leave this game. It was wild. I mean, I know the Especially big Monday. with how we played down the stretch. You can't yeah. leave ever. They clearly have not been But we were up in. four, and then they came down and hit a three, so it's a one-point game. And yeah. then Marcus Garrett goes to the line, misses the first one, makes the second, and then they have a three, a yeah. chance to hit a three for the win. Yeah, I mean, the Marcus Garrett, uh, we, we ran that possession late in the game, and somehow it got to the point where Marcus had to shoot the three. Yeah clanked it yeah off it, the backboard I it think. was brutal and so when he got fouled i was like this is terrible because i know it, your last shot's a brick off the backboard you can't yeah. be confident going to the line and he played so well but i was still like man i i really don't want him taking the free throws down the stretch yeah a uh, word of advice um for now on at the last in the late in games when we're passing the ball in let's keep marcus 
pretty far away from the ball. I'm not yeah. trying to have him making. Uh, and we love Marcus. Like, I love watching him play, but Devon is a great free throw shooter. LeGerald's been great this year, too. Diedrich. I mean, yeah. Devon. Diedrich wasn't great from the line yesterday, yeah, but. Five for eight from the line last night. Yeah, woof. But, I mean, still fine. Devon yeah. has actually been very clutch from the line, which is great to see, especially as a freshman. So, hopefully that keeps up. Those are for sure guys I want to see shooting more than I do Marcus. But yeah. he got one of two, which is big. It made it so. They pretty much, uh, Shaka pretty much went for the win. It was clear. I, I heard in postgame Marcus talk about how he told the guys that they're going to go for the win. Mm-hmm. So be ready. So if you see the final screenshot of the last play, it's literally we have five guards in the game and there's not a single person inside the three-point line. So Texas didn't even yeah. try and sell that they were going to go for the win. And obviously, to no surprise, the freaking final play by Texas was a complete debacle. Horrible. So shout out to Shaka Smart. They looked lost, and that might have something to do with Allen Fieldhouse. It was pretty loud for the last possession. Well, Shaka said uh, that uh, his tra- his style was going to transition great to the Big Twelve. And yeah. what is he? What is he against Kansas since arriving? I heard he was zero for seven. I heard too. Uh, I'll have to confirm that, but I'm pretty sure that's a correct stat. Um, so shout out to Shaka for being awful. Dude was whining. A lot. I mean, he, he he's such a tool to me. I mean, <laughs> he sits there and he'll slap the floor and yeah. just do like he'll be on the ground coaching. Yeah, I mean, it's he, just a little extra for he, me. He's absolutely extra. He's a cheese ball. He's <laughs> he's a whiner. Um, so it always feels good to get that win. I feel like we're always gonna hate Shaka no matter Shaka, what. Yeah, we no could seats. go a hundred no against him when he's in the Big Twelve, but that one game. Yeah, we will always hate Shaka. And I'm not even going to lie. Like, I don't hate every coach that's ever beat us. Like, so there's more to me disliking Shaka than that game. Obviously, that comment really got us all triggered. But how could it not? He was just, he was, I mean, he's running up the court, screaming at the refs, hitting his arm, like, uh, screaming for fouls, which. Like we say, everyone just comes into Allen just thinking they're not going to get calls. Which is sometimes true, but. Never. Um, <laughs> so I guess uh, we talked about Mark G. Shout out. He was great. Um, need talk. more of that from him. Yeah. Got to talk about LeGerald now. Yeah. I mean, LeGerald is – he's awesome. There's really nothing else Amazing. we can say about him. He's going to end up being or having one of the most, I mean, impressive three-point shooting yeah. seasons in KU history. And I feel like not many people are even talking about it. Yeah. It's people, most people, I feel like KU fans like have something against LeGerald because they just, they talked about his funk. Yeah. That he was just in more than it's almost like we're, for us all year. We're waiting for LeGerald to not be good and he just keeps being really freaking good. Yeah. I mean, how many big shots did he hit last night? That, they were oh. getting back in it and he hit that three. That, that three he hit late to put us up, I think, five. Um, yeah, it's huge. It was awesome. Like, that was the most hype I've been in Allen Fieldhouse probably since his three in the Stanford game. Like, it yeah. was just the dude is oozing with confidence, and, and we that's needed what's it. what's crazy is he's hitting shots, like, in the biggest moments, like down the stretch. Yep. Five for eight from three again last night. And, I mean, when the ball, when he puts shots up late in games, I feel super confident. Yeah. It's he just has awesome. a clutch gene this year. That's that's something I tweeted last night. Like it's gotten to the point where if LeGerald sets his feet and he's getting a pass, like I'm not crazy confident when he's doing his little step back, but he did hit yeah. Osagowski with a nice little step back. Yeah. He was he was jawing his ear. It was awesome. Uh but like I said, when when he sets his feet and is pretty open, like he's gotten to the point if, where it's like yeah. I feel like it's fee shooting. Like Svee mm-hmm. last year, you just if he was open, he set his feet. Yeah, if Legerald has any space, I feel super confident. I yeah. know how teams continue to leave him open because how many times after games do you see he's like five for eight from three or yeah. six for eight like he was on Saturday? It's it's pretty crazy when you look back at his non conference when he had the the eight for eight game. Now he's had a six for eight game. He's had a five for eight game. He's had a stretch of eleven of whatever he is these last two games. So. He's putting together a full season of really impressive play, and that's exactly what we needed when he came back. And uh, let's hope he keeps that up. Yeah. I know people people were throwing a stat around before that Texas game that he's only scored 20 points in, like, one Big 12 game in his career. And 
as we've talked about, KU fans can melt down pretty fast. People thought, oh, he's never going to have a big year. Well, now he's rattled off two straights. So. Yeah, because, I mean, he only really had two bad games. Like, that's not even really a funk. Yeah. He just kind of – he didn't seem all in there. He didn't seem in it against Iowa State. But, I mean, ever since then, he's been really good. So, yeah, absolutely. Shout out to LeGerald. Um People are hard on him. This all year from him. Yeah, I mean, I've been hard on him. I was hard on him in the last podcast, but he's really just—he's been the man. He's—he's uh, he's awesome. It's great to see him having a huge senior year. Um, but I guess let's talk a little bit about uh, Texas. They're shooting from three. They—they yeah. they were on fire. That was frustrating. And we continue to leave them wide open late. I, I mean, mean, they hit. What's his name? Matt Coleman, the little lefty guard. Yeah, he's good, dude. Yeah, he didn't miss down the stretch and. Number 13, still don't know how to say his name, but he was great down the stretch, and you continue to leave the guy wide open. It just yeah. does And like we said earlier, Bill was super frustrated last night. Bill was like, very into that game. He was very animated, very loud. He was really emphasizing getting stops. He knows, I mean, he knows how important getting those home wins are because huge. this team could struggle That's on the road what, at times. Literally when it was 82-80 and they had the ball, I was just thinking – us talking about it on the podcast, like that's one of the games you absolutely cannot lose if you want to extend the Big Twelve streak. Yeah, I mean, it's a big stop. I'm I'm obviously happy we got the win. It, when you look at the score and you're gonna look at it two weeks from now, and Texas is like they got like six losses. They're not a huge. They're not a really good team. They can play at a super high level. They beat North Carolina, but we're gonna look yeah. back at that. And we're gonna be like, why do we only win by two? But at the same time, 13 threes. That's pretty absurd. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too mad about that. Beating nope. a team that makes 13 threes against you in conference play, it's an impressive win. So we'll certainly take it. And now we, yeah. I mean, we've got wins over OU, TCU, Texas. We're getting the kind of the middle of the pack teams yep. at home out of the way. And I also thought, um, I thought Diedrich obviously started off really slow last night, but down the stretch, like he somehow ended up with 17. I know. And as you, you tweeted it a few weeks ago, He'll put up the most quiet 17-8 yeah. and eight you'll ever see in your life. But down the stretch, he was getting it. I mean, pump fakes, getting around yeah. bigs, hook shots, rebounds. He just he has such a great feel for the game. He understands it so well. And he, I feel so confident every time Diedrich touches the ball. Like, I just hashtag feed Diedrich. That's yeah. what I always want to say. It's just like, give him the ball. And he uh, we did, and he stepped up again. He had a big final 10 minutes in that game. Great. It definitely helped us you, win. Like we said, you got to feed him late. But, um... Another guy that we both love that we sh- haven't talked about much is Devon. I thought Sat. Well, I didn't watch the game much on Saturday, but stat line was fourteen five and five, so fourteen points, five boards, five assists, and then last night he had ten points, five and five again. So that's kind of like Frank Mason stat lines. Yeah, like you're chipping in with assists, getting rebounds, which we need because we don't have many bigs right now. It's huge. I love little baby Devon Dotson. He. Uh, He's been awesome. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, like you said, I think early in the season we were kind of concerned about his assist numbers. He wasn't, he wasn't getting a ton of assists. He was doing fine. He was scoring. He's, he shot way better than I ever expected him to shoot. So he's been yeah, awesome. Especially but, from the line, like we said. Yeah. Great and, stroke from the line. Yeah, and getting these assists up has been huge. And like you said, the rebounding is exactly what we need at this time yeah. without Udoka. So he's been great. He. Dotson has that thing like Bill Self always has these guys where you see him on the sidelines and he'll kind of like he'll coach he talks to him differently he did yeah. it with Sharon he yep. did it with uh, Frank he it's always the Devontae. like little little adorable point guards where it's like mm-hmm. Bill Self talks to this guy like you can tell he's gonna just be a superstar one day like he's yeah. more patient with him he knows he's gonna get it eventually he doesn't frustrate no him I love it yeah I love Devon Dotson so me too he's gonna be special and. I think um, another thing we got to talk about from last night was Oach playing 25 minutes. What if I – so we were upset about him getting the red shirt taken away just because Yikes. we didn't think he'd play. Bad take. So what if I would have told you after that, his first three games he'd play 25 minutes, 21 minutes, and 25 minutes. That's absurd. I would have told you no chance. I'm glad no. we didn't – we did that prop bet on the over-under starts. I'm glad we didn't do minutes because your boy would have lost a lot of money. I did. I would. I probably would have said he wouldn't play 20 minutes in a game all year. Oh, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I would have ever thought he'd play 25. I thought, uh, yeah. I mean, him, him. In I was a little concerned. It's e- it's kind of easier to come in and have your debut be uh, at home. 
But then he goes into Baylor, and he's just efficient. You said it earlier in the pod. He doesn't make mistakes. No. He's smart with Both the ball. Hands. Last night he had big buckets. Uh, he, I mean, scoops around the rim. Like, he – we were finding interesting ways to score. Him and Marcus kind of got that little – they used their long arms. They scooped the ball up there for layups. So, he didn't hit outside jumpers or anything like that, but he still just – he clearly makes an impact on the game with his athletic ability and stuff like that. For sure. I mean, he's been huge for us just with bench spark, and we needed something like – just because the way we'd been playing before he started getting into the rotation, we were letting teams back in. and Well, we still are, but <laughs> yeah. that's just something we need. and. We yeah. also need to make free throws late. Yes, we certainly 11 do. 11 for 21 from the line last night. Oh, that's disgusting. But still, we still find ways to win, um, which is nice. So, yeah, but it all comes down. We've we've hammered it, close teams out, do the right things late, and uh, it's frustrating. But I'm not I'm not crazy worried about our free throw shooting because I think – Late, we're going to be smart about who we get the ball to. We can't keep getting it to Marcus Garrett. No. Um, hopefully, get it to it's Devon De- or LeGerald. Yep, and even, and even having a big guy. I mean, Deidre's going to have big dudes guarding him. It'll be easy for him to get the ball, hopefully. So, um, going to Diedrich late will be nice. But uh, hopefully, we start seeing those free throws fall late. You know who hates missed free throws? Who's that? Um, Lala Vic One on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, Lala, last night, she was in Allen Fieldhouse, and she was wilding out yes. on the Jumbotron. She's like, some, I forget who tweeted last night, but they were like, she, I think it was Jif Hawk. Shout it's out like Jif Hawk. She has to be the most popular KU parent of all time. Yeah, I mean, she's up there with like Uncle Anthony. Yeah. Uh, he had his little... He was kind of a one-hit wonder. <laughs> he yeah, went from sitting behind the bench in that Baylor game and then the next game, ESPN interviews him from the nosebleeds. So. Yeah. Yeah, when Selden had that dunk, yeah. he lost it. He oh had his God. big clock. He was he was awesome. But Lala has had the most sustained probably now two years of just parent yeah. dominance. She runs Twitter. They showed her on the Jumbotron. Everyone in the building knows who she is. Yeah. Um, she was <laughs> – I died. When she the popped energy. up on the Jumbotron, she just – she goes nuts. She's never holding mm-hmm. back. She's always happy. Yeah, the energy in the building was insane last night. She was on the Jumbos Tron like three different times yeah. probably. I think she hit the dab once, which <laughs> that I think we need to retire the dab. Uh, I was going to say the dab's back if Lala did Yeah, it. I guess if Lala did it, it is back. But um, Yeah, I mean, she was awesome. I love Lala. Uh, we don't – I mean, we, we were going to talk some oh, tweets. Oh, and I was going to say like people want pictures with her at the games. Like, yeah. Dozens of people will come up to her and get pictures, and you'll see them on Twitter after. She's she, a celebrity. Uh, she it, she really is. And, I mean, yeah, she's people are walking up to her in Allen Fieldhouse asking for pictures, all that. It's awesome. Uh, we, we, we read some tweets last time, but I think what we need to talk about is her pregame video. All righty, so. It's almost game time. Well, not almost. We got a couple more hours in, in between. But we're going to get ourselves together. We're going to get our mind right. We're going to get our mental thoughts together. We're going to score. We're going to get out here and we're going to play ball. We're going to go hard. We at home. Nobody likes to lose at home. Guys, I need for y'all to remember that. Nobody likes to lose at home. So we're going to make rebounds. We're going to make free throws. We're going to grab the ball. We're going to go hard. We're going to go hard. This is at our house, the Kansas J-Hawks house. So we're going to do it, okay? Get it done. Add to it. Pump up your nuts. All that good stuff. Let's go to work, boy. Swat up. Swat up. Swat up. Make la la pray. Incredible. She, she has me. to do that every game now. <laughs> she had me hype. I yeah. was like, Lala, like she she laid it out. She's like, we're making free throws. We're not getting disrespected. We're making shots. We're playing defense. We're getting stops. I was like, Lala. She's, we joked about it last pod. She needs to be on the bench yelling this in the yeah. guy's ears. She really does need to be in that locker room before the game, hyping yeah. them up. Yeah, I know. She. I think, well, the parents mostly sit behind, like, the other team's bench, but they need to get her behind ours. Yeah, she's way too Imagine far Imagine how much she'd get LeGerald going. <laughs> yeah, I Like, know. he would play the best games of his life. LeGerald would behind. play terrified if he could hear Lala every time he turns <laughs> the ball over. Uh, one other note on Lala, she uh, almost got kicked out of an Applebee's yeah, watching in, the Baylor game. In Clinton, Missouri, she told me she was driving to Lawrence <laughs> but had to stop because the game was about to start, and it was during the Chiefs game, and... They didn't have the KU game on, so she was like 
getting pissed that that wasn't on. She got it on, of course. Imagine, imagine you're at Applebee's on a Saturday eating your lunch with your family, and Lala Vic is just screaming at a television next to you, <laughs> and you have no clue what she's yelling about. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I would die to just walk around with Lala all the time and uh, just hear everything she has to say. She, uh, yeah, so. I don't have a ton. We don't have a ton of thoughts on Lala, I guess, other than just... Uh, Best Twitter game out there. Yeah, again. Makes, she made Allen Fieldhouse fun, more fun last night. Absolutely. So uh, <laughs> the dab is back. Lala almost got might be banned from Applebee's, and uh, she now has to do a pregame video every game. So uh, shout-out to Lala. As always, um, I don't know, AB, want to get into a little gambling? Need that. Need all the gambling. <laughs> Um, so we got two more games this week before we record next, and of course a big old football game going on as well. A um, little update from last week: Braden and myself both went three and two. Uh, we both hit KU uh, minus four against Baylor. Like I said, lock of the week. Hope you hammered it. I can <laughs> yeah, stay alive. Barely lock of the week. <laughs> it was closer than it had to you be. Felt but... good with like four minutes left. Right, and even the under. I know you guys hit on it earlier, but my buddy Cole, shout out Cole Pete, blame shout Cole. Um, he. Uh, he has the action app, and he was on the under in real life, and he he said with like six minutes left, it had a ninety two percent chance to hit, and ends up losing because yeah, you couldn't like get said, a stop. And, there shouldn't have been there would there wasn't going to be fouls late or anything. Right, I mean that game was over, and so was the minus four, but you know got a little lucky there at the end. That's gambling. Held them folks. off, but yeah, yeah don't gamble. Gambling, <laughs> gambling is the best. So uh, first game we got, we go to Morgantown, a place we've struggled since they joined the conference, but uh, they kind of stink this year. KU is a six-point favorite on the road. We're going to start with uh, B. Turner over there, see what he's got on the KU versus West Virginia game. What's the spread? KU minus six at the total of 150. Just because it's in Morgantown. Total of 150? 150. Seems high, but... I'll go I'll go KU and under for sure. Oh, man. Under seems like an absolute no-brainer, but... You know what especially happens when that since, happens. Exactly. Yeah, especially, I mean... We talked about how Westfall hasn't been pressing as much, but if they do, I mean, we struggle to break presses and yeah, we turn the ball over late. So I think I think they could limit us to, um, I mean, seventy points, sixty, yeah. seventy points. And I mean, they struggle to score too. They really don't have scores at all. Yeah, I'm shocked by that uh, over under number. I I fully expect it still to be an ugly game. I mean, even though they do stink, they're zero and whatever in the Big Twelve. Uh, 0 and 4. 0 and 4. They are going to be they're going to ugly it up. That's what Huggins is doing. I mean, he doesn't have the talent that he's had. He doesn't have Carter, he doesn't have Miles. Kanate's out for the year, out for a while, so I think it's going to be ugly and I yeah. think that's going to be his game plan. So I mean, they have Isa Mod right now. He's probably their best scorer. I think he comes off the bench. Yeah. But so. they're 0 and 4 in the Big 12 like Ryan said and they're about to be 0 and 5. As we record this, they're down 20 at half against TCU. So, looking to start 0 and 5 in the Big 12. Yeah, which honestly kind of scares me. It feels like they're going to be due. They're going to have a good game. I mean, they blew that game in Bramlage. They, Horrible. they were dominating oh, K State. Yeah, they were dominating. Biggest comeback in like K State. I don't even know, maybe yeah. ever. But they almost beat Tech in the Big 12 opener too. Yeah, which would have been huge. Can you imagine looking back if they were one and three right now and their one win was over Tech? So yeah, that would help us big time. But yeah, I mean, they really. This would be a really, really bad loss to lose to West Virginia. They they have the name. They've obviously been tough in the past. The but venue too. Yeah, they're the probably the, the worst team in the Big 12. And the John Denver song. <laughs> Country roads. I can't. I can't <laughs> sing. Cut that, um, AB. But. Are we cutting it? No, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Do you think Morgantown will be the same atmosphere it usually is for the KU games since they'll probably most likely be 0-5 in the Big 12 when we come there? I I really don't. Um, I don't know if their students will be back. Uh, it's getting close. The students have got to be getting close to coming back. But, yeah, like you said, 0-5, and, and I definitely know in the past when they when they got to the Big 12, they weren't very good. Um, for a year or two, and uh, I remember Morgantown was never like filled like it was, and honestly, they hardly ever do like completely sell that place out. So, I definitely think after getting absolutely slaughtered by TCU, as long as that's still how that game's going, I think the crowd will definitely be impacted, and hopefully, we see another crowd like the Baylor game. Yeah, I just feel like we they usually have a good team when we play down there. Yeah, so I feel like it's always crazy, one of the biggest games out there. Yeah, so hopefully I, I don't think KU fans will travel to West Virginia like they did Waco, but 
I mean, hopefully it's not too crazy of an environment and we can kind of just roll. Um, so what are you taking? Yeah, What's so your I'm official going, pick? I'm going KU minus six for sure. I think we'll be too much for them. And like I said, I don't think the atmosphere will be the same. I'll take under all day. I don't think that number should be that high. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it'll be slow pace, like we said for the Texas game, which we're all dead on with that one, by the way. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll be high pace like that, and I don't think either team can shoot very well. So I think I'd go under. I'm going under in KU minus six. Okay. Um, man, it's tough taking this KU team minus six on the road. Uh, and the under seems like the obvious bet, but you know what? Classic gambling move. Go with what your brain says not to do. So I'm not taking the under. I'm taking the over. Okay. Maybe the Hawks throw up like maybe the Hawks score 95. Yeah. And uh, that gets us to the uh, gets us to the over. So I'm taking the Hawks uh, minus six as well. I've officially talked myself into that after saying <laughs> that I was took long. <laughs> I was terrified of them. They stink. They're not good. No. Um, so we've got to have a statement win on the road. We almost had it with Baylor. We dominated them the whole time. I want us to go into Morgantown and dominate them. So yeah, blow a team out, please, guys. Please. Uh, I'm taking the Hawks minus six with you, but I'm taking the over 150, and I think it's going to be because we score a lot of points to help us get to that Yeah, let's put up 90 on them. Yep, let's do it. 90 to 60. Yeah, so <laughs> those are my picks. A.B., how you feeling? Uh, so if you guys remember what I said last week, they made fun of me the whole time. Turns out producer A.B. was spot on with taking KU minus four in Baylor and then taking Texas plus seven. Uh, trusting a younger team, younger guards on the road in this environment, the way they play, I could see us turn it over. I'll take West Vaught plus six. Plus, I just want to be different from these guys, so it's not boring listen. But I'll take plus six. Um, I know you guys hit on how the environment not be might not be as good. I don't even think that matters with this rivalry or whatever you want to call it. When yeah, was it? Like, true. was it 2015 team when we were number one in the country? Yeah. And we went in there, uh, and it was uh, Perry Perry's uh, senior year, I think. Was it when Perry missed that layup? No, oh, no. Perry year before, was young back then. I think uh, it was Perry's senior year. Yeah, um, but we went in there. We just hit number one. I think it was a big Monday game, and they had a massive snowstorm out there. That place was like half full. Exactly. Yeah, I was actually going to bring up that snowstorm. They have had some dreadful turnouts yeah. before, and it, they still smoked us. It really I mean, was the press. That's really us. all it came down to. Yeah, and plus that's a big game for Huggins just because the bonus and stuff. They just <laughs> right. play better against us. Shout out and to I don't know. Bonus. We we've just struggled there so much since they've came here, and I know we got to win last year. I know they're not very good this year. I think we win. I think it's super close. Our young guards turn it over a decent amount, but I'll take West Vaughn on the points. And then I'll go under as well, kind of like I mentioned. I think there will be a lot of turnovers and young I wanna, guards. But. I want to make an official announcement. Um, I tweeted before the game, KU Baylor, that I wanted to change my pick to KU minus four after hearing about their best player getting uh, having that knee injury and being out for the year. Producer AB never got back to me. So I don't know the rules on this, but I think we – is it official on the pod? Whatever our pick is, we can't change it, or can we change up until game time? I say you can change up to game time. That's fine but with make me. Make it official on the page. Right. So if that's the case, then all three of us are three and two. But I do want to make it known. <sighs> Whatever. I'll if you tweet at me, if you tweet at me before the game and say you want to change it, you can't be going back. If, if, if Baylor ended up losing that 70 to 70, say they hit that shot at the end. <laughs> That KU minus four is locked in on Twitter, but I mean we're not actually betting money. I'm not a. I'm not gonna. No, we'll take. The, I'll, I'll do the. I'll it. do the. T- I'll take the two and three. I just didn't know the rules, and I never got a reply from producer. But with AB. gambling, you should be able to change up until tip off. Yeah, it was I'm just. Saying. It was an interesting uh, situation with the Clark guy going down before the game, but uh, yeah, just wanted to know and just wanted to kind of uh, make it clear why I was losing and uh, be a poor sport. So. No, it's fine. I mean, we should just start our own book. I kind of like our, our rules that we have thrown out Let's here. Let's do it. Ain't no seats uh, sports yeah. book. Hit us Keep up. it on the down low. Investors needed. Yeah. I mean, if you go 0-4 on a parlay, I think you should get your money back. But that should be, we're, we're going down Same. a rabbit hole. So um, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll go into Monday. Uh, we'll stick with KU for now. Um, Iowa State, the Cyclones come to Lawrence. Uh, big Monday. Revenge game. Revenge. Yes. Revenge game. Same line. Yeah. I can't Same believe line. we're playing them so quickly after the – I kind of like that, Yeah. I mean, they're fresh. Yeah, we know exactly what we're looking at. Yep. 
But and we didn't have Doke either, so we're going in with the same team plus Sochi. So, uh, but the same line as the West Virginia game. Uh, KU's minus six at home with a total of one forty-six. Um, so we'll go ahead and go to Braden again and see what he's got on this one. <clears throat> That's pretty tough. Um, part of me wants to take KU just because it is a revenge game, but I know I just took KU minus six in Morgantown, but the big spreads do scare me with this team. I just think Iowa State's obviously a better team than West Va. I'd take Iowa State plus six. I think it'll, I think we'll win this one just because it's at Allen, and, but I think it'll be a close game. But I, I'll take Iowa State in the points. And then what was the total for the over-under? 146. I'll take over for that one. Both teams, um, I feel like we'll, both teams will be a little fast-paced and they'll have to keep up because I think both teams will score, so... I'll yeah. take the over. I uh, I agree. I definitely like the over. Uh, that six number is tough. It kind of depends on what Iowa State team we get. Obviously, we touched on it. They uh, they were great against us. They made a ton of shots that second half. But uh, they then go on to lose to Baylor and K-State, and they looked awful in that uh, K-State game for sure. They weren't hitting anything. So uh, I think I'm going to take KU minus six. I hate uh, betting on us to cover both spreads this week, but I just – I feel like it's a game where they keep it close, kind of similar to Texas game where we kind of have that six to ten point lead the whole second half, whereas I'm banking on this time coming down to where instead of them making threes to keep extending the game, I'm hoping that we just kind of slowly put up some free throws and uh, get the win and cover the six points. So I'm feeling confident. I don't think we're getting swept, uh, but certainly if they hit shots like they did in that second half against us, it could be a problem. Yeah, I'm going to – my thought on this game, and I have no reason to back this except for prior history, um, it feels like the KU-Oklahoma game last year where we go down to Norman, lose late. It was closer, but we lose. They're kind of the hot team on the block. Then they struggle after they play us. They come up to Lawrence, and we beat the piss out of them. And I, I'm going to take KU minus six. I think we win that game by 20. That's our big Allen Fieldhouse win. Are we hammering it? I'm not going to hammer it. <laughs> I'm not going to risk my life again on a bet this week. That I like was a little that logic, tough. Though. That makes sense. Yeah, I just think this team's so due for a big win at Allen Fieldhouse. They've had one this year I against mean, Wofford, yeah. when, and that game was even close for a while. Then yeah, we went on that big like 30 nothing run. I mean, you keep putting yourself in position when you're up big like this. Eventually, you're going to pull away in one of these games, you'd and, think. And it's yeah. going to be – I know it's a short week for us, and it's a long travel, too, going from West Vaughn all the way back to Lawrence yeah. and having to play Monday. Too. But short week for them. and. I don't know. It just has that feel that we're going to blow them out. The typical Allen Fieldhouse that we, you know, three, four years ago and prior to that. But I love that theory because there always is that game, like you said, the Trey Young game last year where we just slaughter somebody. But I still feel like January 21st is too early for that game to come. I think that game, that game could be, I mean, we're due to kill K-State at home. We're due to, I mean, I think that blowout could come soon but i don't hate the theory it's a good gambling theory to make yourself feel confident about the minus six and then as for the total just as a you know point of reference for me i hate betting overs like i just can't do it big time under guy um life's too short to bet the under ab <laughs> shout out tom fornelli i like unders for sure but um i'm gonna go with the under here partly to do with the blowout as well i think it kind of like the Baylor game was setting up where we would be up by 20 and then fouls wouldn't matter. Um, I think we actually do hold them off this time and the end of the game is walk-ons and not a lot of scoring. So I'll go with the under. Plus, I just want to be different from you guys and not be chalk. So. I think KU minus six has to be your lock of the week. Are you not hammering anything? You're talking, be 20, so you're talking a 20-point win. Uh-oh. I might be hammering something later in the show. But okay. oh my. we'll get back to that. Interesting teaser. We'll, we'll get <laughs> back to that. It's not the Chiefs. Damn it. Speaking of the Chiefs, though, we do have a, a big game at Arrowhead. First time ever the Chiefs have hosted the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead. Is that right? Yes, sir. Big. And we've been in KC since, what, 63? Technically 1963? Yeah. 58 yep. years? It's a long time. The weather is not keeping me out of Arrowhead, it's folks. Good math by B-turn. <laughs> but uh, 56 years, I believe. But what did I say? 58, but you know what? Yeah. Technicalities. I don't, I don't know how to do math, folks. It's okay, right. but no, it's going to be very cold. Wind chills like negative 20. I think you're going to be crazy to spend 250 bucks to go out to that game. I'm sneaking but in, folks. He's done it before. <laughs> um, this line, we've got Chiefs as the three-point favorite against the Patriots. 
uh, with a total of 55. Um, so yeah, I, I'm pretty sold on what I'm going to take, but we'll start with B turn again on this. And, uh, Wait, the spread's what? Chiefs minus three. I'm taking Chiefs minus three all day. I just think obviously our defense plays best at home. Last week we gave up technically we gave up six points on defense. Week before three we're giving up eighteen points a game at home. Patriots haven't won what they haven't won a road game since two thousand seven. I think oh seven year they were one and one on the road. They're one and three in their last four road games. Yeah, and they they went three and five on the road this year. And five of the losses were to non playoff teams. They beat the Bears on a they had two defensive touchdowns and came down to a Hail Mary. Hail Mary. I just think one. the Pats are a completely different team on the road, and I think Arrowhead will give our pass rush a huge advantage. Just the line can't hear the snap, and I think if you put pressure on Brady, that's always been the recipe for success against the Pats. So I think our pass rush is the best in the NFL, so I like our defense against Tom. And then for over-under, God, how tough is that just because the weather? Yeah, everyone. Everyone's <laughs> been trying to like give their takes on I'll who, it, who, it, who it benefits tough. more, but I mean, I don't think I have a very strong take on who it benefits more. It's not like it's not like they're from L.A. and playing ninety degree weather all the time. Yeah, I'll take over just because I don't see, um, I don't see either team stopping each other, and then if they do, I feel like the it's going to be so tough to punt. Your foot's the, it's gonna be frozen like literally negative ten degrees. So when you punt, either it might get blocked or it's not gonna go very far, and then set the other team up for good field position probably. What what, what was the over under number? Fifty five. I'm sure it'll probably go up because the public loves God. betting overs and it's, Chiefs I games. Mean, so it's so hard to take the under when you factor in the last game they played. Yeah, forty three forty. Yeah. So. All the games they've played recently. I think, what, we scored 40 on them three of the last four times we've played. Yeah, and Andy's teams. had some of the best success against. Andy knows something about that. Yeah. How to attack that defense. I just don't know how you stop our offense. I think Damian's running his ass off right now. Tyreek's the most dangerous weapon in the league. And pretty, Sammy brings another element to our offense. Pretty interesting. People forget I was the only one to take the uh, – Chiefs last week, and now you're confident as ever. I don't going like up being against confident. Big bad Patriots. Yeah, in dynasty. the playoffs, they're scary. Yeah, but I mean, you're taking Chiefs minus three. You're taking the over, so you're feeling good. Yeah, I feel really good. I just feel like that's going to be the loudest Arrowhead's ever been, even well, with the weather. According to Colin Coward, you can't be cold and yell at the same time. No, it's not physically possible. No, you cannot do it. <laughs> Science says he said so. so. <laughs> but, but we don't got to get into him. Uh, I guess, I mean, I kind of feel like it's going to be Chiefs by three. So, I mean, I'll take minus three Chiefs and then my official prediction. And I think I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I feel that. It's this, tough not this, to with the it weather. Is so, it's going to be so cold. And you may not be able to cheer while it's cold, but I think you're off. I mean, it's just so hard to put up points when it's that freezing cold i feel like the weather can lead to like defensive touchdowns and stuff though yeah also we're we're putting a ton of thought into something we really we're not good at it so uh but i'm officially for the pot i'm taking minus chiefs minus three i gotta keep rolling with my guy patty and i'm uh taking the under um, but not by much close to close to that 55 number ab what do you got (laughs) i Cannot physically bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Um, I know we just talked about how they've struggled on the road this year. They've struggled on the road in the playoffs in the past. Counterpoint to that, the Chiefs are 1-6 in their last seven home playoff games. We've won our last one home <laughs> playoff game. Spot the lie. 1-0. Oh. Yeah. Spot the lie. Shout out to the Colts, 1-0 oh shirts. Colts money line. <laughs> Colts alternate spread. Yeah, AB took a beating this week. Yeah, so you shouldn't be 3-2. and two. You should be like... I clearly said that I was taking the Chiefs to win that game. I was just messing around with all that stuff. <laughs> I said Chiefs win 31-28, but 5.5 seems steep. Whatever. That's not the point. I'm taking the Patriots. I'm going to buy half a point. Not sure if that's legal. <laughs> But I'm gonna buy the half a point, get to the three and a half. <laughs> jotting down notes right here. Let us get Chiefs minus two and a half. Okay, yeah. that's fine if you. Yeah, okay. Chiefs no, minus I'm not two and a half. Point. Okay, whatever. I'll take it. Yeah. if you're giving it to me. Chiefs yeah. minus two and a half. This has okay. gone off the rails. So we're all gonna hit when the Chiefs win 27-24, which leads me to the next point. I'm going with the under. It's way too cold. <laughs> the, these defenses, like Braden said, Chiefs defense looked sexy. Pat's defense is go. what's carrying them lately. When you, I know Brady was what a 
37 for 40 last or yesterday? I think 37 Sunday. for 44. Okay. And he had 320 yards, but when you like actually watched him throw the ball, if it wasn't if it was longer than 10 yards, he looked awful. Yeah. What were the Chargers defense doing? They I heard someone say they ran the same scheme that they did against Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Which makes absolutely no sense. And I James White had 15 catches. That's I don't know. The the way when you're wanting to stop the Pats, you got to go man to man. You just got to mark up. You can't run zone. But Bob Sutton, he sure loves to run some man to man. Stubborn with it sometimes. So I think we can get stops. It's going to be cold. And then uh, the running games for both teams, I think, are going to come in. Yeah. Come into play. Damian, like Braden said, he's running his ass off. And the Pats are clearly relying on the run more than they've had in the past, even if it's short passes to running backs. But I think the clock will be moving. People freezing their ass off. And. I don't know. I like the under. I think it'll be close to, the, like I said, 27-24. That puts it at 51. But I like that. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll take the under and uh, by Isn't that point, the three and a half. crazy how Brady threw it 44 times yesterday and they won by that much? Yeah. Like it was never a game and he still threw it almost 45 I times. It's, I don't know. You at some point. For check downs on At Sunday. some point he's going to fall off the map, but I don't, I, I'd rather be late to that party than early. I think he'll that. be like 55 when he falls off. <laughs> Hope so. Remember what I said remember Mahomes I, retires before Brady. That would be wild. Remember what I said at the beginning of this pod? We weren't going to talk any Chiefs. Sorry, folks. It's a big week. <laughs> I don't think it's even that big of a game. Yeah. <laughs> All of this. You can debate it. You can debate if it's a big game or not. But, uh, but yeah, like we mentioned earlier, we're going to see if we can get some more Chiefs talk out in a separate pod maybe later in the week. But uh, we'll see if we can bring that to you maybe Thursday or Friday. So. All right, well, I'm looking forward to taking over in the gambling standings. Um, I'm looking to have a big week. and Yeah, uh, you need it. I, I do. But I guess to kind of wrap up the show, we had a couple people. Uh, we, we tweeted, what do you guys want us to talk about? We obviously had some people tweet about, oh, let's hear your thoughts on Silvio. Let's hear all that. But we talked about that. We uh, Who do we have? We had your boy Casey. Yeah, my boy Casey Sater tweeted in and – he asked about upcoming recruits in the next class, which we have not had good luck so far in the yeah. twenty nine. Is it twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? Twenty nineteen class. So well, we have McBride, Isaac McBride, committed, yeah. signed, good and good then shooter. Christian Braun from Blue Valley Northwest is also signed. So we got two guys that'll probably be around for four years. Yeah, and I mean two guys that can shoot it, and clearly, as we've talked over and over and over again, shooting super important in today's yeah. basketball. So McBride, I like I like a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean it's tough. We haven't had a ton of luck. Who knows how much the Adidas uh, situation has yeah. had to do with that? Somehow Jeremiah got out of <sighs> can't. Well, Man. I mean I know he's going to IMG, but yeah, everyone thought that was a lock, and he's headed lock. to Nova, who's yeah. been absolutely destroying us as of late. Yeah, so that obviously was a tough loss. We still got the guy we absolutely need is Matthew yep. Hurt, five-star. Um, from time. Minnesota. We've been recruiting him longer than probably everyone yeah, on so his list. but We've got to get him, but he's yeah. got obviously all the other guys. North Carolina is big on his list. And so. that's what's crazy about the 2019 class is there's guys that are probably going to come back that we didn't think would. Yeah, and that that's kind of what we were going to touch on. It's tough right now with this team, and – I think eventually we'll have a pod where we talk all about who's returning, who's leaving. But there's a ton of guys up in the air. Diedrich, Q. I mean, who knows? Dotson. Yeah. I don't know. I think Dotson will be back, but I think it'll be smart for him to look into it. Udoka obviously now has a decision, so it's it's tough to recruit when you have no idea what your lineup's going to look maybe like. Maybe if basically. Silvio gets he starts playing Saturday, maybe if he starts going off, he could be gone also. Yeah. So. Obviously, uh, 2019 recruiting class. I think there's still a lot to come. Bill always kills it in the spring. Yep. Dudes will he'll find like coaches a, will get fired. Mm-hmm. Yep. He'll find an under the radar guy or a transfer. But even with Matthew Hurt, like, would he be guaranteed to start next year? No, Just because I mean, Diedrich might be back, his game doesn't really suit well in the NBA. Udoka, he hasn't he hasn't proved anything to NBA scouts either. So does yeah. Matthew Hurt come in and start day one? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, as of now, I would predict no, and I think that's probably why he hasn't decided yet. He's going to obviously wait um, until dudes make their decision. But, yeah, I mean, that's what we got on the uh, 2019 recruits. Not a ton to talk about there. Shout out Casey for the uh, chiming in, giving us something to talk about. Big Uh, supporter of the pod. Yeah, and then we also had uh, someone else come in. They wanted to Matt13Jayhawk. Shout out Matt13Jayhawk. He wanted to talk about KU football. Um, 
I don't know what he totally means by that. Uh, I would say the most of the news right now is just the offensive coordinator search, which honestly, it's been way more quiet than I would expect right now. Um, but I would say the name that has the most smoke for next offensive coordinator is Ed Warner. So I don't know. You got any takes on that, or are we just gonna? No, kinda... I'm, I know we've all talked about Ed Warner earlier. That he's at Michigan right yeah. now, right? Yeah, he's been he's been a lot of places. He's been at Ohio State, uh, Michigan now. So he's a big name. A lot of people yeah. know him, and he's been in big schools. I would certainly take him. Uh, but I mean, everyone was excited about Chip, and that was certainly some momentum <sighs> for us. So yeah. hopefully, they make a nice hire at the OC position. Yeah, certainly sucks, but hopefully we make a big-time hire and uh, things start to look up. Puka seems to be more – he's on social media more. He's tweeting at – recruits are tweeting at him and all that stuff, so it certainly doesn't seem like Puka's going anywhere anytime soon, but who knows. Uh, yeah, so KU football, we'll talk a lot more about them soon. Yeah. Matt 13, Jayhawk. Uh, but I don't know. B-Turn, you got anything else? No, I feel like we covered a lot of stuff. Um yeah, two we more went, games coming we went, up. Big football game Sunday. So yeah, we uh, we went pretty long today. I have no idea what this will be at, but uh, yeah, that's it. Episode three is in the books. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on uh, Ain't No Seats Pod on Twitter yep. and uh, hashtag Free Silvio and Rock Chop. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.